The following is a hoop ball presentation. D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. This is a hoop ball presentation, hoop-ball.com. Hoop ball gaming is this division. Again, I'm Devin Ellington. Got a great show today. Going to get into some NL and ALCS action. I've got John back on the show. Before we unpack all of it, though, I will say I need to talk about our sponsor because without them, well, we wouldn't be able to do this. And that's Manscaped. Use HoopBall20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. As a promo code, when you go over to Manscaped and check out their lawnmower 3.0 that just came out, full electric waterproof technology, smooth gliding, I would recommend it. I'm sure everyone that uses it would recommend it. Hootball20 is the promo code H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. It'll get you 20% off and free shipping. So that's a pretty nice bargain there. All right, without further ado, I want to go ahead and get Mr. Ryan in here again, introduce him, and then we'll start rambling for you guys. Mr. John, how's it going, boss? I'm doing well, Devin. How, how's it been for you? You know, had a all right. So I don't like to brag a lot. You know, I'm I'm pretty laid back, <laughs> but I, I had a three and night last night. Awesome. Uh, I Good took a couple five first five bets with the Braves because you know Kershaw went out and Gonzalez Gonzalez, he's Gonzo Lynn. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, so I took them first five on the run and money line, comboed that, and then the over in the football game. So that was pretty nice. Um, yeah, that, that was easy. Yeah, yeah, it was um, – I had a weird feeling probably 40 minutes before kickoff, and I just – I had the Titans money line selected in my bet slip, and I just – I just I said, nah, at the last minute, and I took it off. So I, I'm kind of hitting myself over that one. Uh, that would have been a real nice night. But other than that, looking forward to this week. Got a lot of great stuff to unpack as far as college football, NFL. Lots of line movements already. I think some historical stuff. I saw you put some things out about the Steelers and the Browns rivalry. So, uh, you know, we can talk about that tweet that I am mentioning later on. Sure. Um, but first, let's start with some baseball. Let's get into these pitching matchups um you want to start nl or al first Uh, your call let's do um let's do the the 605 game sure eastern standard time of course yep all right so we are going to talk about the uh hold on got data loading here uh we're going to talk about the um nlcs first guys so the dodgers taking on the braves uh, Urias, the lefty, 3.27 ERA, going for the Dodgers. And then you got Kyle, I believe his first name, Kyle Wright, the righty, 2-4, and four, uh, 5.21 ERA on the year. Uh, Braves up 
I don't see him getting up to a 3-0 lead. Urias has been great in the postseason. He's a lefty. The Braves have holes in their bats at times against lefties. What do you say, John? I, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, by comparison, it's incredible that the Rays are off to a 3-0 lead in their series. And that, of course, is all, all but done. It's just a question of whether it's going to be a sweep or in five. But in this game, um, it's been amazing how great the Braves' pitching has been. Um, I guess the ERA as a team is, is 0.84. Usually in the playoffs, you get one starter that's going off and, you know, Kershaw type or, or maybe not Kershaw in the playoffs. <laughs> he historically yeah. hasn't been that good, but this year he is. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's having the back spasms and he can't make the start just yet. Uh, but that could actually be a silver lining for them if they can win this game mm-hmm. and then bring him back. Even if he pitches one game in the series, uh, you almost have to count that as, as a win. Right. The way he's going. Uh, but your, your point about uh, Urias is, is – I never say his name right. Ur- Urias. Urias, Yeah. Like curious without the C. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have problems with names sometimes, and sometimes uh, I get reminded that I didn't pronounce the the name quite right, and I'm actually talking about somebody else. But anyway, yeah. that, you know, it comes with maturity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Urias uh, is an excellent pitcher, as as you mentioned. Uh, hitters are only barreling him up at 5% rates. And that means if you're not familiar with baseball, that's getting the ball mm. in that very small sweet zone on the bat where the ball can come off at exit velocities of 110 miles an hour. Um, solid hits are also 5%. Wow. For Urias. Looking at um, his actual pitches here. Bring up the speeds first. So I'm guessing... He's a, He's got low exit velocity also. Yep, he does. His exit, exit velocity is 87. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's, that's pretty good. Interesting enough, Kyle Wright, um, the only – I'm looking at the board here of my machine, and uh, the only good metric coming up for him right now uh, is exit velocity, which is the same, 87.1. Wow. Um, I, that's, he, that's pretty – Amazing. His contact rate is just, you know, and the the uh, types of contact that he allows is just scary for me. Um, but those, man, those are good metric points there. It's always good to get a deep scrub of data. Um, do you have anything other than uh, some numbers on this? Or do you, is there a size? I mean, obviously the Los Angeles size is going to be the way to go. I'm maybe looking at shrinking it like I like to in the postseason take a first five maybe uh i'll find it right now but first five dodgers on the uh run line um minus 135 minus 140 and then possibly under five uh right now i'm showing it at plus 105 uh for the first five. that's that's good i like that idea yeah yeah uh Um, any other thoughts of your on your brain uh, just the uh, one thing i was going to mention the you mentioned the hard hit percentage is very good for Urias at 28%. And by comparison, Kyle Wright is 38%, which is not good. Right, right. His uh, league so average that, is right about 30-ish, right? Yeah, 30, 33, I think, 33. is the league. 
uh, average. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, you never want to say it's, it's a lock. I hate that word. Right. Because uh, strange things can happen and strange things have happened in 2020 <laughs> across every single sports we've been watching. I was actually watching the Braves last last night and I thought, oh, well, that's good. The, the, the Dodgers will play the next two at home. And then I caught <laughs> myself like, you know, it's just yeah. so yeah. easy to think like because uh, you hear fans in the stands, you see them. And uh, you, you know, you forget that they're in Arlington. Right, right. But with yeah. the uh, this game here, uh, the Dodgers are on a pretty good betting system here. Sixty-five percent over the last twenty years, sixty-four and thirty. Actually, that's uh, that's a sixty-nine percent win rate. And this goes against Atlanta, so you're going against teams that are. Good National League offensive team scoring at least five runs per game, and they're you're playing they're playing against a team with an, a very good bullpen of an ERA of three fifty or lower <clears throat> in the month of October. So that I use the month uh, because the playoffs sometimes don't coincide with exactly uh, the end of September and the beginning of October. So that takes away that uh, historical you know problem child. You know, some seasons go into October. You don't want to include it. Sure. But anyway, sure. that's a that's a pretty good one. And the Dodgers, you know, led the league with 5.8 runs per game this year. Wow. And for them to be looking the way they do and not scoring, uh, one of these games are just going to explode. Right. Right. There's a lot of historical examples of this. Uh, I can't tell you for sure it's going to be tonight. Uh, I think it's going to be tonight. And I think they'll still win the series. Sure, sure. Uh, so you could get a really good series price right now being down 0-2, kind of what I did with uh, the Miami Heat, you know, after being down 0-2, and yep. that didn't work out. But hopefully this one would. Sure, sure. Uh, that's a good call on your end. Um, I actually forgot to check out series prices today. Um, so moving on to the AL side of the things, Tampa Bay up to – or I'm sorry, up 3-0 – they're going for the sweep against the Strohs tonight. Um, you got Grinky on the mound. You got Glasnow on the mound. Both righties. And my first thoughts on this one was taking a stab at the first five for Tampa Bay. You've seen a lot of shakiness from Grinky in the first five innings of these ball games, pretty much all year. Um, so lots of money. What I'm seeing is on Houston, though. Eighty-six percent of the money for the game tonight or on them. Um, I don't, you know, talk me into something here. Kevin Kiermaier is questionable. So that's something to keep an eye on. What, what do you think on this one? Well, it's, it's interesting that the bullpens uh, overall have been fairly even. Tampa Bay has a, a, an edge in that category with a 291 ERA, 1.34 whip. Um, they're five for five in save opportunities. They're eight and two in the playoffs. And they're, um, I referenced them, I uh, retweeted someone I can't remember, but I uh, retweeted uh, something about Tampa Bay being uh, the, the money ball team of the East. Mm -hmm. And it must've been a tweet about Billy Bean, you know, moving on to uh, his new uh, career and associated with uh, John Henry and the Boston Red Sox. So um, in this case, uh, 
the Rays just seem to have the magic going this year. I, I think they win the World Series if I had to pick one of among these four teams. And I know that goes against the you know the Dodgers if they really get their offensive act together. Uh, but they just seem to be a team of destiny right now. And, and being up 3-0 against a pretty darn good Houston team right now that's playing, you know, they're, they're kicking on all cylinders right now. And they're making an easy time of it. Yeah. Uh, they, I just love how they play. Fundamentally sound across the board. They, they're not afraid to hit behind a runner, which seems to be a, a cardinal sin now in, in Major League Baseball. Um, you know, and, it, and it's playoff action. If they put a shift on you, I know, speaking of myself, I would do everything in my power, especially with runners on base, first mm-hmm. and second. And I'm a right-handed batter, and they know I'm a pool hitter. I would do everything in my power to shoot one through the right side. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, and I'm sure you would, too. <laughs> I mean, there's not, to me, there's nothing embarrassing about that. But apparently, you know, at the MLB level, you, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, I don't um, understand it either. I think it's a obvious defensive hitting uh, mechanism that um, used to work a lot in the 70s and 80s, so I don't understand. I don't know. Um, they just pe- – I guess people like home runs and, you know, yeah. plays. It's that Because that's usually the end result most of the time on those things, but – I was looking at some first five numbers. Um, we talked about Grinky being shaky a little bit in the first five here recently. I'm looking at, um, I mean, Tampa Bay's got some major juice on the money line at minus 150. So I'm staying away from that. But for minus 115 or right around minus 110, uh, over four, over under four and a half is the first five mark. Um, do you have an opinion on the total full game or? Uh, first five in this? It's hard to call with, you know, Glass now pitching. Um, and isn't, isn't he fun to watch? I mean, it, nothing better than watching, you know, five pitches in a row at 100 or 101. You know, it's just, it's just insane. Um, yeah, that, it, the total is a tough call. I, I think, you know, this is a, a, with all due respect to a Hall of Famer and Granky, it's a mismatch. Um, I just think Tyler Glasnow is going to go at least at least four, and then their bullpen is solid across the board, and they do have most everybody available for the game tonight. Although they've played, this will be the fourth game in a row. Um, at the same time, I've seen Granky pitch live. I've seen him give up. You know, he, he, this one particular game, he had a, a league leading ERA, and this is the, a very hot day in August. Gave up seven runs in the first inning. He comes up to bat in the third and hits a grand slam. And uh, that was with the Dodgers, and they went on to win that game. I guess it was like 11-9 to slugfest. So, Frankie is an athlete. He's not afraid to swing the bat either. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this particular case, he, he will not be swinging. Uh, got that universal DH rule now, so everybody gets a good old DH. <laughs> so not a lot yeah. of fun pitchers that used to swing the bat get to do it anymore, which kind of stinks. Well, I think I think the, if you're playing the field, you should bat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you do that in the college level too. They have a mm-hmm. a hitter for the pitcher, and, and most times, like um, I guess the exception would be the SEC conference where the pitcher actually 
the coach is smart enough to let that kid hit because the kid's a great athlete. Yeah. But everywhere else, it's like, oh, you're a pitcher? Well, then you're not hitting. Right, right. I never, never understood that either. Yeah. Um, you know, Glasnow has been averaging 97 on a four-seamer. Um, and now, you know, we saw him in that last start, five pitches at 101, which was, a, I believe that was the all-time record for most pitches in, a, in an appearance. Uh, his changeup is 91, which I know I couldn't even catch up to because you can't tell. It comes out of the same arm slot. And then he throws that curveball. It just, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be able to stand in the box with him. Yeah, and I'm not, a, not a lot of professionals. Yeah, I was say not a lot of professionals uh, really do. <laughs> I mean, he he's filthy. He really is. He's very exciting to watch. Um, and like you said, he he's just got that deceiving pitch look from the same arm angle, arm slot. Um, he's deceptive. He's got that velocity. Um, before we move on to football, did you uh, did you have anything else on this game in particular? My my lean right now would be uh, on the raise for mm-hmm. the game. Uh, I like you very. I think you mentioned the idea of doing the uh, first five on the raise. Mm. Uh, so that that makes sense to me too. Uh, I mean, a lot of these older pitchers have a history of getting. If you're going to get to him, it's in the first inning. Greg Maddox uh, was a perfect example of that. If you didn't get to him, you weren't going to get to him. Yeah. But Frankie is at the tail end of his career. So I, I, I don't see any other, other side here. In fact, I would even uh, be tempted to play the raise on the run line uh, for some added uh, profit on it if they win. But sure. anyway, that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Um... Looking forward to this. Hopefully the Rays win for my sake because I've got them to win the uh, pennant and then I've got them to win the World Series. So they're like, be good. they're the last of my futures tickets, honestly. I think actually I have them and then I got the Dodgers on one side just because it was the chalk to take. Um, so that's not looking so good right now either. But um, yeah, before we move on, to football i'm just going to go ahead and give a shout out to our next sponsor and that's mybookie.ag they are a great online mobile platform based uh sports book and um use promo code hoopball h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l you're going to get a nice deposit bonus 100 percent match uh mybookie.ag we use them uh, they have great lines that come out very quickly. They got blackjack. Um, that's very fun. I've been playing with that a lot actually this week. They got free tournaments um, that you can win re- real money in. So head over to mybookie.ag. Use the free money to, you know, use on some of these football bets that are about to be talked about or whatever you want. So hoopball was the promo code H O O P B A O L. So talk about, you know, a few NFL games here, Uh, John. Was thinking about, you know, and Ira brought this one up, so I can't steal the, you know, credit. And then also, guys, uh, just a reminder where to find all of us on Twitter is, so John is at John Ryan Sports and then the number one. So John Ryan Sports 1 on Twitter. 
Ira's going to be at Iris Silver Magic, and then I am at D-A-L-E-007, and all of us is, you know, we're at Hootball Gaming also. Um, that's the four money spots you'll find us. But yeah, back to this Bengals line. It opened at nine and a half on the road against the Colts, and um, now it's down to plus eight, over under 46 and a half. I wanted to see what you were thinking in regards to this. I, I feel like eight is just astronomical to ask for the Colts right now, considering they can't score the ball at all. Uh, sure, they're getting Trey Burton back this week, but you know, I think the recent game against the Ravens has skewed the market's perception for the Bengals. Um, they didn't play that great on the road against a really good Ravens team whose Super Bowl is you know ask their aspirations um so i think the Bengals are unnecessarily getting a lot of points here but i like it um i think this, this is a spot for joe burrow to come out and beat one of the you know aging greats of the league and uh see him out of the league give him a, a, the infamous ushering out of the out of your current job position yeah 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 i i, I agree with your points um I'm actually pulling up a couple uh, team stats here too for the rankings. And Cincinnati um, is, you know, plus 300 on the money line. So that. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's a nice little sprinkle in my opinion. And you said the line moved. Um, From nine and a half. Down, down to. Yeah. So that looking at the data that I collect from the 20 sports book. So we have. Yeah, I'm seeing the exact same thing. And for the percentages, which I think is a, a really good starting point for handicapping NFL especially, uh, we were seeing 60% of the tickets, which is approaching 1,000 betting tickets at the 20 combined sports books. And 78% of the money is hmm. on Cincinnati. Yeah, wow. So that's uh, that shows that I call it the – Pros and Joes, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but the Joes are the public better, and the pros are obviously the larger professional better. They're both on the same side here, uh, but it's not in, in a what I call an irrational exuberance uh, where everybody in the world thinks that uh, Cincinnati positively can't cover this spread. Sure. You get extremes like that, that's a contrarian indicator, uh, and you generally would take the other team. You want to be on the book side as often as possible, but there are plays that come out of my my models that are not. And you know, some you know, the public wins once in a while; otherwise, nobody would bet. Right. Uh, but the casinos do make money every single season. Yeah, lots so of this, it. Um, yeah, there's a couple uh, uh, systems here too. Uh, what I've been doing is collecting uh, the percentage of bets made and the money at the close. So in other words, in the last half hour before the game starts, I would be able to look at it and use these systems to give out a recommendation or you know, to confirm my own bets that are already released. Uh, so in this particular case, um, these are our road warriors. Uh, the game is played during the regular season. Um, the team is on a two game or more losing streak. The team's uh, previous margin was a loss. Um, and the spread 
from open to close is less than six points of movement. So we've had two and a half points so far, I believe. Um, so that, that matches it. And then it gets even better when it's a conference game. So this is hit at, at about 65% over the last 10 years, uh, 102 wins, 56 losses and four pushes. Uh, so this, this is a pretty good one. It gives an ROI, which is, you know, from my, I use that because I think it's meaningful and it also comes from my wall street days, but yeah. eternal investment yep. of 24%. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's, that's getting up there. Yeah. So that would favor the Bengals here in this game based on uh, those parameters. Yeah. Well, I like and, those numbers. So if you got more great nuggets, continue. I like hearing this cause I like this spread even more now. It, it helped, you know, it helps uh, me too, to, um, you start reasoning it through and you go, ah, okay, well, it's logical. It's not, sure. uh, you get beyond the, the gut feeling bet, you, mm. know, you know, because I'm this fan and I love this team, um, you know, which you're going to have a lot in college football with Georgia and Alabama, yeah. uh, by the way, that, <laughs> that surely will be a, a slug fest. Yeah. Yeah. A game I'm looking forward to, but, on the football side of the equation here, the in terms of yards per play offensively, Green Bay is is head and shoulders above the rest of the NFL, averaging six point eight uh, yards per play, and Cincinnati is down the list here a little bit. They're actually thirtieth. That's much lower than I thought. Four point six. Uh, but not as bad as the Jets or the Washington football team, which is dead last with 4.2. Um, that's it. That's interesting. It must be they dropped down because of this last game, I believe. Yeah, that uh, which um, could, would make a lot of sense just because, I mean, what he had maybe 150 passing yards, I think it was 183. Yeah. It was a rough game. I mean, that and Baltimore's Baltimore. But if you look at it before that, too, I mean, how involved Mixon is and was and has been and will be. Uh, he's a great weapon for Joe Burrow, and they've been meshing really, really well on the field together. Um, they just ran in the bus all of the Ravens, but I think they got a good shot here um, going against that dead arm of Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I mean, the Colts are ranking 21st. Uh, sure. So they're not, they're not that much better. And everybody talked about the Colts defense preseason that, you know, this was going to be a defense you need to watch and how, how great they were going to be. And with all due respect, I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's, let's look at the defensive stats here quick. If we have time for that. Let's see. Team defense. Of course, the, the Ravens are tied for first with uh, their division foe Steelers, so that'll be a good matchup down yeah. the road. Yeah. Uh, the, the Colts are third at 4.7, so that in yards per pass, they're, they're okay. They've uh, generated nine turnovers. That ranks uh, fourth. Uh, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that you know, they've been solid, but there are obvious holes in their defense. Yeah, uh, that can be exploited, you know, especially by a guy as smart as Burrow. And he's, you know, he's a rookie and <laughs> I'm almost watching him now. Like he's a third year pro. Right. Right. With, with the exception of that last game, you can just draw a line through as a, 
you know, okay, we'll, we'll give them a pass on that one and look for them to come back. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, that, I think the, taking the points here is uh, it's just too many. The, um, the point about Joe Burrow and then the Indianapolis defense is really nice uh, because, like I said, I mean, I, I've said it for a couple weeks now, so it's not like I'm saying anything new, but I, having Malik Hooker out is huge. And um, it's, I think it's going to steadily just be more and more of a burden not having him on the back end. Um, and just pivoting over to another divisional, or I guess that wasn't divisional, but to a divisional game, um, the Browns and the Steelers are going to be playing each other. Um, noon kickoff on Sunday, over unders 51 right now. It opened up plus five and a half to the Browns who are on the road. Um, now it's down to three and a half. So, um, I think if you liked the Browns, it was probably best to get them a little early. Um, the, now with that being said, it's, you know, I'm seeing 58% bet percentage and 61% money percentage on Pittsburgh, but 58% bet percentage on Cleveland. So say what you want about that, use that as you will. Um, man, I, the only thing that I'm leaning here so far and early is the under 51 it, you shared a tweet. I don't, I'm not sure if you know exactly which tweet I'm speaking of, but I saw it was one of the first things I read this morning. And it was talking about the historical data between these two teams and the total being set at a certain number. And um, I liked what I read. And, you know, I was honestly surprised this was set at 50 between these two teams. Um, like you talked about that Steelers defense is one of the best in the league right there with Baltimore's. Um, they're healthy. And then you also got Cleveland, who I think, you know, after that game with Dallas, you know, they've been in some shootouts, but I think their numbers are inflated for what they actually present as a defense. So. Yeah, and that tweet, if I remember right, was, um, you know, this is the highest total between this mm -hmm. rivalry since 1990. Yeah. Um, and I took, uh, you yeah, know, different queries you know, what, what's the under record when it was 44 points or higher? Uh, I think it was six and two. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure it was six and two. So not many games, but then again, you're talking about historical matchups here that have been dominated by defenses. So I dropped it down to 39 and a half and higher and came up with uh, 17 and nine yeah. to the under. So the you know, sometimes you think inherently you see an all-time record total like in college football when we started seeing you know totals lined at 82 points <laughs> you know you initially want to bet the under right but sometimes when it's it's not you know insanely high you know in the nfl nowadays 50 is three quarters of football uh for the most part so when i first you know heard it and it was on the uh, bang the book uh, podcast it was uh, my good friend adam burke and uh brian blessing were talking about it uh, so when I listen to them, I kind of just take it one step further. You know, they, they mentioned that it was the highest ever. So I thought to myself, you know what, it, what happens next? Uh, and that's kind of how I think with, with these things. So with the under uh, would, would definitely go to the Cleveland side of this equation. 
And there, there are several um, systems that support Cleveland in this. I'm gonna bring up um, one right here. And this is a money line one. So it's very simple. And it has to do with um, scoring, which is what we want, right? So 32 and 11 for 74% over the last five seasons. Play on any team using the money line after four straight games where 50 or more total points were scored. So that to me is, I mean, that's simple. The parameters have a very high uh, P value. Mm -hmm. It's a, a statistical thing that goes above and beyond what everybody's heard about the Z score. Uh, so the P value uh, gives you a reading of how well your parameters correlate to one another. Like, are they meaningful? You know, an example of non-meaningful would be uh, the Green Bay Packers are five and zero on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. uh, that has no meaning whatsoever. Uh, but this one, you know, four straight games, 50 total points or more were scored in those games, and you're, and you're going to play the money line. Um, again, like I think, I, I should run this through after we're done here, and then I can tweet it out there, what this record is when it's an underdog. Sure, sure. Because uh, this involves favorites too, but it's still – well, it's, it's averaged a, a plus 112 wager. Gotcha, gotcha. So the majority of these plays have to be underdogs, which is going to make it even better. And right the percentage now might come down, but the units one and the ROI will, will go up a lot. Sure. And I'm so seeing plus 165 for Cleveland right now uh, on the money line. So It's um, gone 19 and 6 the last three seasons, making 16.4. Hmm. Uh, units per unit bet so right there that tells you 19 and 6 against the spread would be roughly 1200 or 12 units of, of profit and yeah. here by playing the money line you get an extra three wow uh, units of profit so yeah, yeah this is eye-opening here so i think i'm gonna be browns heavy this weekend i'm gonna probably go browns spread browns money line and well maybe browns money line and then the under um yeah that's that's really eye-opening i was looking at some team totals and right now pittsburgh's is at 27 and a half i was thinking about taking the under on that i'm getting you know i'm seeing minus 105 getting that nickel juice but um i like the hook 28 points would you know like you said 50 points can be three quarters of football these days but with what we have in front of us what we're seeing and like you said, the equation is in favor of the Browns uh, side of the algorithm. So with that being said, it's got to be not in favor of the Steelers. So, you know, if we're going to see points disappear, why not offer this high team total? So, yep, I, I agree completely. Um, yeah. Interesting game. I'm glad we unpacked that one, uh, man. I, yeah. I'm really, I'm excited for that one this weekend now. Um, I'm going to pick a random game here, John. I want to see if you okay. have some um, ideas and opinions on it, just because uh, maybe I'm trying to do a little bit of the same. I want to see how you feel about Arizona and Dallas with Andy Dalton coming in. Um, it's obviously a downgrade in certain dynamics of quarterbacking, but um, 
is it going to be a detriment is I, I guess what I'm trying to figure out. And now there was a key guy on defense that the Cowboys could be getting back. And that's Vander Esch. Um, yeah. Right now it's minus two and a half Arizona. So you got plus two and a half to the Cowboys as the home dog over unders at 54 and a half plus 120 on the money line for the Cowboys right now, bet and money percentage for the spread is coming in on the Arizona favor or favorable side. And then the total um, 92% of the money to the over and um, actually 57% of the money line bets on the Cardinals. So a lot of confidence in the Cardinals. Am I crazy for liking the Cowboys? And did I miss my best number with them early on with the uh, three? So that's a great question, Devin. This is a, this is a tough game to handicap. And I just happened to be watching that game when that injury happened. And that, yeah. that was, I don't even know what the words are. Just, right. just so upsetting to see a guy that's worked so hard to get to the point where he's at. He had the negotiations with the contract go stale. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. He's working for a long-term contract, and then, you know, lightning hits the you-know-what, and, and that happens to him. I mean, it just... My opinion it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy in the, in the NFL right now. Right. You know. But um, you know, he'll be he'll be back from what they say. That and that's great news. And you know, when Dalton came in, I, I didn't even know who the backup was for Dallas. I actually had to look it up. Uh, but maybe that isn't common knowledge either. Uh, but you know, Dalton has had a, a pretty good career. Yeah. And he has the experience to lead this team. What I don't know is how strong his arm is. Uh, what we do know is Dallas was leading the league with 240 offensive pass plays. Um, you know, they were, they were second in, in pass plays going short right, mm-hmm. um, which Cincinnati, going back to our previous pick, they lead the league in that, that, that direction with that type of pass. Uh, of, so it, you can't replace what Prescott has done. Yeah, yeah, it- his leadership alone. But one point I want to make about Andy Dalton and and the light bulb kind of just came on here for me as we've been talking about it. Um, This is probably the best crop of weapons he has around him from wide receiver one down to wide receiver three or four to his tight end um, to, you know, the backfield. Um, So I think they're probably going to relain rely and lean on Zeke a little bit more. He'll probably see an uptick of five to seven more carries at least would be my guess, probably early in the game as well as late. But, you know, if the leadership qualities and if he gets his guys believing in him and whatnot, and they, he gets their respect, because that's what it takes as the quarterback. You have to be confident and you have to get your guys on your level and or sometimes go to theirs, uh, in, depending on how good of a leader you are. And, you know, I, I think Andy Dalton can do that. He's been successful in the league. He's been to the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just 
he obviously just couldn't get over the hump with the coaching and the <laughs> Bengals. But yeah, I, I, I think he's capable. And I think the Cowboys can maybe win this game against an inexperienced young overall franchise other than Larry Fitzgerald, um, Kingsbury even. So yeah. I like that. Um, I was just thinking of some uh, target numbers, you know, for Dalton to, to take advantage of. And I first started with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who, as you said, is going to have to carry a little bit more of the load. But I don't think with Dalton, they, they have to go to a run first type of offense. Right. Uh, they, they, I'm assuming that he has a strong arm yet. Uh, and if, if it's not as strong as we think it, it might be, then they'll, they'll adjust the, the play pattern accordingly. But this is where Arizona's defense, though, can bring the house in that first series um, and give them the test of, you know, right then and there. Yeah. And if Speak they pressure them all day long, then it's, you know, the safeties are going to keep creeping up, and then that makes it worse for Elliott to be able to run. Um, but in the, in the uh, rushing attempts in the red zone this year, he's had 22 carries, six touchdowns, and that's a 73% conversion. Wow. Which is very high. Um, so there, I mean, you and I could hand the ball off to him more than likely, and they're not asking Dalton to do too much. Uh, so I think that um, that offensive line has to definitely rise to the occasion here to help offset the loss of, of Prescott. Yeah. But the, um, speaking no of reason why the uh, Cardinals aren't favored, right? You know, Dallas sure. hasn't played well with Prescott on a win-loss basis, right? Uh, speaking of losses, Chandler Jones, I forgot he's out for the season for that Cardinals defense. Uh, he tore his biceps uh, this last game. So I expect uh, Isaiah Simmons, I believe it is the rookie out of Clemson. They took the multi-position guy. Yeah. Um, he'll probably get some roam and some run. He was getting an uptick in snap count and whatnot, but now I think he's definitely going to be in there all over the place as you know, it all all types of roles um so he's like a swiss army knife um yeah it might not be much of a drop off either mm -hmm. um i mean he is so comparable to point. chandler jones i mean that's uh, i think that's kind of why they did that so they could maybe have one of each on you know each side of the the, uh, the field playing defense um, was there any other NFL games that stuck out to you that you had some points on um, before we move into the collegiate side for a couple? I guess the Baltimore uh, Eagles matchup is, is kind of interesting here. Uh, I heard talk uh, that they're going to have a certain number of fans in the stadium at the, the link, as it's called in Philadelphia. And I, you know, I said it last week, I almost – I said it tongue-in-cheek, of course, but it, I almost hope that uh, that isn't allowed uh, with the Eagles' record right now and the way they're playing, uh, especially you know, last week's blowout again when it looked like they were coming back, and then they, they ended up losing because of mistakes. And it was a great comeback, uh, but they're just they're not on the same page on any part of the units at all. But here, as a home dog getting eight, is what I'm seeing right now. Uh, that, that kind of caught me because the world is going to be taking the Ravens. The public better is going to be taking the Ravens. And that's logical. 
So this would be more of a contrarian pick on the Eagles. Uh, similar to that 49ers game uh, where the, the whole world was on the 49ers, including myself, and I was wrong. But Eagles can't be that bad, are they? <laughs> Um, they're, home dog. Yeah, that, I mean, they're actually getting some young emergence out of their wide receiving core from some really random guys. Uh, let me find this cat's name. Um, but, you know, the ones off of the top of my head, you know, I do know that Greg Ward is out there catching passes. Yeah. Zach Ertz has gone completely ghost mode. I, I don't know if he forgot how to play football, if every defender, if he's got three or four guys, if they're scheming the zones to the tight end and the underneath or what's going on there, because what he had two targets this week, one target, maybe I think it was, and like six yards. So it's very, very worrying if your uh, tight ends doing that, especially a guy like, uh, Zach Ertz. So the kid I was trying to think of was this Travis Fulgham uh, guy. Yeah. Um, so he was getting some, you know, run and reps um, recently, uh, you know, before, you know, in the San Francisco game, he only had three targets, two receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. But then he went ahead and did what he did against Pittsburgh. He had 13 targets, 10 receptions, 152 yards and a score. I don't really know who this kid is. I can't remember where he played college ball. Old Dominion. Old Dominion. Wow. Uh, 6'2", 215 pounds. So, yeah, they got a converted quarterback in Greg Ward out of Houston uh, playing wide receiver in the slot mainly. Then they got this Travis Fulgram kid going deep. They're going to get Alshon Jeffrey back soon, I don't think, this week. But eight's a lot, like you said, and I'm probably going to go ahead and take that now that you brought it up <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how that goes uh, especially with fans in the stands and we all know how that environment can uh, go one way or the other it's 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 uh, polarizing to say the least you know they're the greatest fans in the world uh when the team is performing well and then if things don't go quite right it gets it can get pretty nasty um yeah. You know, looking at the passing here with Zach Ertz, I think there, uh, unfortunately, he knows he's on the way out. And it's because of the problems that the front office should be held accountable for in terms of the luxury tax that they're going to have to deal with. Yeah. And, you know, getting rid of him with, uh, and it's not that much salary. I think he makes four and a half million a year. Uh, but that's, I think that's why, uh, he has gone ghost mode, as you said. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he said uh, before the spread, before the season started, when they weren't going to renew or renegotiate the contract, that uh, he, he expected to you know spend his whole year or his whole career in Philly, and it's unfortunate that it's not going to happen. Ooh, yeah. So that came across as him sour grapes that he doesn't have the long term contract. But then, upon further review, you learn that because of these mistakes of the front office he's the one that's going to get, you know, penalized and yeah. have to uh, move on. So it's kind of a, kind of a shame. You know, and Deshaun Jackson is ghost mode too. I, I know he's had a problem with the hamstring for most of his recent career. Yeah. Um, but so many times he, you know, he's listed as uh, not at practice because the coach gave him rest. Right. You know, I don't, I don't get that. I, I just don't get that. Uh, on the positive side, John Hightower, 
He's another one oh, of yeah. those, those young guys. And uh, Quez Watkins came off the injured reserve last week. I don't know if he played, uh, but he is a speed merchant. He, he is one of those guys they drafted this past year along with Rager. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love Rager. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, being looking at the Eagles team, you know, yeah, they're, they're struggling right now. Um, but as long as, you know, the media doesn't uh, cause a, a mutiny of the franchise, then yeah, you're going to draw a line for this season and then move on because the, the talented wide receiver that they have is, is remarkably good. Well, in their health, they're, I mean, they started the season down, you know, a form, you know, former first round pick and Andre Dillard, uh, you know, yep. Marquise Goodwin, who they signed in the off season went on IR, you know, Deshaun Hall on the defensive line, Isaac Samalu uh, also went on the IR very early in the year, Brandon Brooks, now Jason Peters, I mean, it just goes on and on. Vinny Curry's on the IR now. Avanta Maddox is questionable. Obviously, Alshon Jeffrey has that list strength and you know issue. Lane Johnson's been on and off the injury. I mean, it's on and on and on. Fletcher Cox, Will Parks. I mean, these are all guys that are currently on their uh, injury report right now. So, on top of probably ten other names I didn't even mention. Yeah, they're they're a mash unit. Yeah. Uh, to it's say hard to plug that many holes when uh, you know you, you, you're bringing practice squad players in to play wide receiver. Yeah, and granted, they're they're good athletes, and and honestly, that game in San Francisco, they played with more intensity and enthusiasm than the starters that were out. Yeah. Um, but Greg Ward actually has the most targets in red zone uh, this year. So right then and there, he's only played two games, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he only has four targets, and that leads the team. So the, it's just hard to uh, expect more at this point. Right. But if there was ever a time that uh, they could pull off uh, a miracle-type game, this could be it. They, um, they're in a good spot to win that division still. <laughs> and so are the Giants yeah. that are uh, winless. They're only, a, I think, what, a game and a half out with no wins. Um, yeah. going to do a quick pivot to college football and talk a couple of these, okay. and then we'll kind of close up shop here. I'm going to start with a random one here. And I just kind of started digging into this game, started liking what I saw. I'm going to, uh, talk about Florida international and Charlotte taking on each other. Charlotte's at home. They're a touchdown favorite. Um, it opened at six and a half over unders dropped four points from 57 and a half down to 53 and a half if you listen to the podcast last week you heard me give charlotte out minus three against north texas they ended up winning by like 20 i think um again i just really like this charlotte team in this spot for starters uh, i will say both teams are at full strength so there's no issues as far as injuries right now but that's always something that's worth keeping an eye on especially in this day and age but Charlotte averages 100-plus more yards per game than their opponents, then FIU specifically in this one. And then I feel Charlotte's passing success will continue. Right now they're at nine yards per play. Uh, Charlotte also has a good chance at controlling the game through their time of possession. But if the Panthers want to win, they're going to have to uh, be 
ahead um, after either the first quarter or the first half because Charlotte, once they lock in, it's hard to move them. And uh, they have to clean up their sack percentage, the Panthers do. Uh, right now they give up sacks at 19.64% of the time. That's a big number. Um, I like both teams for the simple fact that they're successful uh, within the red zone. So we got some chances at some points in this one in uh, some meaningful spots. But I'm looking for Charlotte to be better equipped to stop their opponent from reaching the red zone. Uh, FIU probably will be able to get a couple of big plays downfield. But um, for the most part, I think you're going to see some containment and control from Charlotte. I know it's a random game, but uh, do, you, do you have an opinion on it? Yeah, I like what you, you said. Uh, you know Charlotte better than anybody I know. Um, and that's you know good for the listeners to know, too, because a lot of these games that aren't in the, the mainstream, like a Georgia versus Alabama, uh, can go unnoticed. And it's hard to research all these programs, especially in college basketball when you have, have 350 programs. Hmm. Um, so I like the fact, uh, first off, that uh, Charlotte's gaining more than 125 yards, I think is what you said, over their opponents. And I don't think they've been outgained in any, any of their games so far. So that, that's kind of referred to as in the stats uh, type of results. So you can have a, a team that uh, won in the stats, meaning they gained more total offensive yards or had more rushing yards. Or, or both rushing and passing yards, but lost the game. Yeah. Um, if they had five turnovers, then that kind of negates their performance because that's why they lost. Uh, but in this case, uh, they have exceeded all their opponents. And you're right, the second half, they make adjustments at halftime. Whatever is said is the right thing, and they come out flying. Uh, Florida International is short in the depth category, I believe, on offense, if I remember right. They only had four returning starters. Uh, new quarterback under center. Uh, Charlotte has their quarterback from last year. And that is a large reason why they're doing so well. Yeah. When you have most of the offensive line, and in their case, I think four of the five came back, yeah. and the starting quarterback, that combination is, is really strong during the first half of the season. Um, so here again, that, that's proven in the, in the results. Yeah, they, um, they I kind of got notice of them last year, but, you know, they're one and two, so people would kind of turn their nose up to their record. But their first game that they lost was 35-20 to Appalachian State, which Appalachian State, I mean, they won 12 games last year. So, and they're probably going to do that this year. Um, then they went on the road to play Florida Atlantic in a weird postponed COVID game for Florida Atlantic's first game of the year, they lost 21, 17. They, I took the under in that game. So thank you, by the way, Charlotte. Um, yeah. I mean, they mm -hmm. held a very powerful, potent Florida Atlantic offense down to 21 points. And um, then they put the, uh, the drum on, uh, you know, North Texas. So they took care of business yeah. in a spot that they should have. And then they were uber, uber competitive and close with you know the teams that they should have lost to so this is a team where they should be you know in the panthers and i like getting charlotte in those spots so that's kind of where my head's at on that one yeah i, I i'm with you on that um 
the fact that they're one and two is more than offset by the fact that they're three and zero against the spread. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yep. That, that's a team that's um, performing better than expectations. Yep. And will continue to do so. There's no reason to think that it's a fluke. Right. They had 291 rushing yards last week at North Texas. Yep. Uh, that's that's a lot of rushing yards um, for anybody. Uh, one last nugget on Charlotte, and then we'll move on to actually tonight's game. We got a game tonight. I should have led with this one because it's a phenomenal game too. Um, but Charlotte's one of, I think, four programs, five programs playing football right now that haven't allowed a single first quarter point. So um, there's that. Uh, so if you want to take a first quarter bet in this game, kind of get you know the wink wink nudge nudge what i'm getting at guys um (laughs) so we'll move on to uh another game and that's gonna be i've talked about it a little bit already but it's just gonna be phenomenal it's a battle for first place in the sun belt aka the fun belt got the coastal carolina chanticleers going on the road getting seven points against the ull so that is the university of louisiana lafayette raging cajuns and if you've listened to the podcast, you know that these are two of our more favorite college teams. They're exciting. They're different. And the fun belt's just a little bit different. Um, right off the bat, I jumped on Chanticleers. I, I took the points. I took them on the money line. I have a lot of confidence in them. Their quarterback is top five in a lot of uh, impressive offensive metrics, as well as their defensive metrics. You know, it's just... Um, and not to mention, I think, you know, the Raging Cajuns were down probably 15 guys on the injury report this week. Chances are they're going to probably lose 10 of those five. And there's some key guys in there. Um, right now it's seven and a half. Um, so it's gone up a hook. Don't know why. But um, I like the Chanticleers here. It's going to be exciting it's going to be exciting because the chanticleers they, like they just made the jump from fcs and now they're trying to go three uh four and oh and beat you know the top dog in their conference aside from appalachian state yeah it's uh it is gonna be a fun game to watch it's one of the few times we see a, a team ranked from the sun belt as well mm-hmm. um and i love saying the raging cages i think that's the greatest mascot name in college football at least right now I mean, it just sounds fun to say. It makes you think of tailgating and, and having a good time, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're, they're seven and a half is, um, is really interesting to me as well. We have a ranked team playing, as you said, a team that's 3-0, but it's making their debut in the FBS. Um, they have played a, a significantly weaker schedule so far than uh, what the Raging Cajuns have played. Um, and you mentioned the uh, quarterback here. Um, uh, his name is uh, McCall. McCall. can't remember his first name. I want to say Gabe. Gabe. Uh, Grayson. Grayson. Grayson McCall. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a great, a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, by comparison, uh, Levi Lewis is, is the Raging Cajun quarterback. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Colby Suits is Louisiana Monroe. He leads the conference with 110 completions. Yeah. And then it drops off to uh, Gunnar Watson. What a great first name that is for a yeah. quarterback <laughs> uh, from Troy, yeah. 80. Um, so the conference has uh, some arms here that are, are quite impressive. The passing yards 
is uh, Colby Suits again. Yeah. That would be an obvious pick after what I just said. But there Grayson was... McCall is fourth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just ahead of Levi Lewis. So they're five yards apart, 728, 723. Yeah. The receivers that the uh, both teams, Chanticleers and Raging Cajuns, I mean, you said it. I mean, speaking of a fun mascot to say, but the fact that I get to constantly just repeat Chanticleers and Raging Cajuns uh, talking about a football game is kind of cool. It reflects <laughs> a high IQ, too. I think. <laughs> it's a lot and of I focus. Um, so Elijah Mitchell, the running back for the Raging Cajuns and, uh, Maribel for the, uh, Chanticleers, they, uh, man, th- there's just so much talent littered throughout the field, um, on this game. It's, it's very, uh, disciplined football on both sides, very coached, uh, or very well coached teams. And if anything, if you don't have anything to do tonight, guys, uh, you've got to watch this game. It's an important one for the fun belt. And, uh, you know, a couple of undefeated teams going against each other on a Wednesday night game. We don't get that very often, even in regular college football seasons. So uh, usually it's, you know, the Akron Zips and, you know, the Northern Illinois Huskies or something. But uh, those are the two games I was most excited for. Um, What's another one or two that you uh, got on hand there, John? Well, the the one that... uh... I've really been focusing on this week is, is going to be uh, more than likely a 10 star. Mm. Um, and I don't want to, you know, hype this as, you know, you know, me and my style is not to say game of the year or game of the month. Well, picked. Uh, but yeah. if I was going to uh, the Georgia Alabama game is the one that I can guarantee you, I will watch every second of. And I historically love the big 10 and the sec conferences. Mm. So in this particular game, uh, I mean, the SEC this year, the thing that has stuck out to me is that uh, there's that common phrase, defense wins championships. Well, it suddenly dawned on me that fans win championships in the SEC because the scoring in the SEC conference has – it's at record levels. Uh, you have Alabama giving up 48, which tied Nick Saban's all-time most allowed – um, in a game and the other game that it's tied with was the iron bowl in 2018. So those two games are pretty close together in terms of time and seasons, given how long Saban's been coaching, but across the board, I mean, look at LSU. I mean, granted, they lost a lot of defensive players. They lost a lot of offensive players to the NFL, but they're, I mean, it's like any, any Saturday now you're so used to them giving up 14 or 17 or less, and now they're giving up that per quarter. Yeah. Um, and I'm totally convinced that it's the lack of fans in the stands that has caused it. And, you know, must, um, must camp Florida's coach was yeah. irate about the fact that there were fans in, at Texas A&M. And now he and wants fans on the for the baby side. Yeah. He, now he wants fans for their game yeah. or something. Yeah. I saw that. And then, yeah. The swamp, yeah. I think seats 88,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 25%. And that gets very, very loud there. But, yeah. You know, I think it was a factor at Texas A&M with the crowd noise, even though it wasn't a full stadium. Yeah. Um, so in this particular game, it's clear to me that there's one defense in the SEC conference, and that's Georgia. If yeah. you look at the team uh, metrics, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else. And if there was ever a time 
that Georgia walks into Tuscaloosa and uh, hands it to them, it, it would be now. So as a, as a road underdog in the SEC between two opponents that are ranked in the top 10, you normally wouldn't think like this. Uh, you would always lean with the home team because that's, that's how it goes. But this is a different year. Yeah. And Kirby Smart would also be the first former assistant of Nick Saban to beat him. Yeah. And 22 and 0, you know, I think of, it is. What's that? He's 22 and 0, I think he is. Yeah, 22 and 0 because he beat uh, Kiffin last week. Yep. Yep. Um, and they gave up, you know, Kiffin's a great offensive mind. Yeah. You, you have to give it to him on that. And he has calmed down with his, you know, shenanigans. <laughs> uh, but to give up 48 to, to them, uh, was really startling, but there's a you know there's a whole bunch of uh, you know, systems and metrics that that support Georgia, and as I could probably talk for an hour on this game, um, but I want to emphasize too that even though it, it gets released as a ten star, it doesn't mean that this is like a lock. Right. Okay. I over the course of a season, is uh, my dog Manny like that comment? <laughs> he said he agreed. But uh, yeah. Over the course of the season, these 10 stars will hit generally between anywhere from 67 to as high as 74% over the last five years of these plays, NFL, college football combined. Yeah. So I always remind, uh, you know, my clients and the, the subscribers emphatically that, you know, think of it like this. It's not 67 or 74% chance to win. It's 26% to 38 uh, whatever that number is, 32% chance to lose. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if I have seven of these over the course of the season, I, I don't know if Georgia's going to cover this Saturday. Yeah. All my models say they will, yeah. but I can never, you know, in, in good conscience, go out and tell you, Devin, oh, this is a lock. I know they're going to win. Nobody knows anything, yeah. you know, in my opinion. And sometimes you look, you know, Monday morning, you look like a genius, and other days you look like uh, the fire hydrant, and you're and your bets for the dog. Yeah. So oh. uh, I just want to make that point pretty clear, but I, I do like Georgia a ton. Well, speaking of that, just uh, to piggyback a tangent here. So last, so I bowl, you know, I bowl my men's league on Tuesday nights. Right. And last Tuesday I, you know, was like, I went to a table of some guys that, I mean, I know them, but I said, Y'all want some good college bets this weekend, blah, blah, blah. So I gave, sure, I gave them like two or three, but of course the one they remember was the Louisville one. And the guy walked up to me at the bar as I was getting my second truly. And he said, uh, he was like, so uh, got any uh, hot t- other hot takes that are going to lose this week? He was like, <laughs> and I, I was just like, I had nothing for him. I was like, you know, honestly, I bet I could find one. I could. And he's like, yeah, no, that, that was bad. That was real bad. I'm like, I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Louisville stunk. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I, I even put it in a teaser that, and they didn't even cover that. That, that was, that was garbage. I was like, all right, cool. Thanks. Thanks for your uh, <laughs> comment. <laughs> so he kind of, I've, walked I've off. been there, Devin. I, yeah. I also bowl by the way. Yeah. And I, oh, okay. I love golf and yeah, I've kind of just learned that, you know, when somebody wants to pick my brain or, you know, get the, uh, the free, 10 star play, yeah. you know, I just kind of deflect it somehow, you know, yeah. put the yeah. emphasis on a pro team or whatever. But yeah, I have to admit you. this to you, you got me thinking here. Uh-huh. You know how I don't like parlays, right? Sure, sure. I don't recommend them. You know, teasers are called that because 
exactly what the result is for the casino. So with that said, um, I was sitting with that Louisville game coming mm-hmm. on, and I guess it was about 20 minutes before the start of the game. And I saw on Twitter that someone had put down a $100,000 bet on the Lakers and the Yankees. Mm. And that was game five against Tampa Bay. Right. And obviously the Heat in game four, I guess. Four, yeah. So I had this, this little uh, account. And I thought, you know, and this was after one IPA. One IPA <laughs> caused me to go. I actually had to leave my house and walk up the street to get a proper signal so they can identify that I'm in the state that I'm in. Oh, wow. I'm near a border. Yeah. And uh, I actually put down a money line three team fifty dollar uh, parlay on Georgia Tech, the Heat, and uh, uh, the Rays. Yeah. All three dogs. Wow! And, uh, wow! I fell asleep before the third one was over, but then I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked. And I couldn't even believe it. Before the third game or the third third IPA. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, for me, it only took one to yeah. lose my discipline, but you know. Um, man, yeah, I saw your write-up on the Georgia Tech game. I think it was right before, like, right as the game was kicking off, and I was just kind of like, uh, well, we'll see how this goes. Um, you know, so. Well, that was surprising because Louisville was up 21-7. That's what you should have told your bowling friend. Yeah. You should have yeah. said, well, did you bet the first half line? <laughs> I mean, I didn't tell him to put it in a teaser and he didn't listen to my Charlotte pick. So, I mean, uh, that's the way it goes sometimes as we put these things together and we unpack literally everything for people. I mean, it's, you're going to have your casualties. So, um, but I'm okay with that. I think overall we picked the uh, data pretty well and we see some things that normal people don't not to toot our own horns, but I mean, check tally site, check the action network, check, john's picks on you know at john ryan so i mean proof is in the pudding or the pastry whatever you like um john do you have any other college games to one last one or in any sending off nugget to maybe discuss um let's let's take a look at college football again um smu tulane okay yep is a friday night game um it's another one of those uh i guess fun to watch it's not gonna be as fun as tonight's game I, uh, I already took the over in that one because uh, I told myself I don't care what they're playing, what the spread is. I am never taking another under in a two-lane game. It's burned me. I'm 0, I'm 0 for 5 on them. So, yeah, over well, that's, that. that's a good point, too, because, the it, again, with no fans, the over – and that's my explanation for it. I might be dead wrong with that, uh, and maybe somebody else can tell me other reasons why, which I would love to hear. But without the fans and the, the way the over has been cashing – uh, I don't know what it was in the NFL last week, but it was high. Yep. College football was high again. Uh, I don't know if there's been a week in college football as a whole where the under has actually won more than the over. Right. And you're going up against a Tulane team that, that can give up a boatload of points in a, in a hurry yeah. with a ranked team. Uh, so, you know, that would be my, my uh, last thought here is to take a look at the over and SMU to – to take care of business here. If you want a uh, deep, deep, deep dark horse quarterback for the Heisman, Shane Bouchelle. Um, 
if he gets SM, which I think SMU is still undefeated, which they had their seat. Yeah. It was all weird because of COVID, but if he runs the table, wins that American athletic conference that has competitive teams like Cincinnati and Memphis, uh, central Florida, you know, I mean, if he gets them into the top six, if the dominoes fall the way they do and yeah, I mean, I don't know what his odds are. He may not even be on the Heisman board, but uh, you know, I'd say a little sprinkle would be pretty exciting, you know, and watch him Friday night. And if you guys like what you see on him, then uh, make your sprinkle. Then uh, if he has five touchdowns and no interceptions, I say make a sprinkle. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's a, uh, I mean, that's the reason they're four and for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's uh, I was just pulling up his stats here. 69% completions, mm. 13, 26 yards, 9.5 yards per attempt. Um, I, it, there's a stat called adjusted yards per attempt. Right. I like right. it's taking yards plus 20 times touchdown minus 45 times interceptions. It's used, uh, I think it was created by a guy at Sports Reference, uh, placed down in Philly. It has a huge database of stats. Uh, also, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, and 170 QBR. So, yeah. you're right. He should be on the list. Uh, and if they win this game big, if he's not lying now, then that might be something to do uh, come Saturday morning. You know, yeah, to check to yeah. see if he is lined for the Heisman. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, like I said, super dark, dark horse. Um, but hey, we, we slowed it a little bit today. Um, we unpacked a lot of stuff for the listeners and ourselves, honestly. I think a lot of this, sorry guys, was for us in vain. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, so um, with that being said, it's unfortunately the part of the show where I got to kind of wrap it all together. But um, again, guys, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, Hootball Gaming uh, is where you're going to find us. Uh, don't forget to use Hootball 20 over at Manscaped. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 or just Hootball over at mybookie.ag. Um, again, hoop-ball.com presentation. I'm at D-A-L-E-007. He's at John Ryan Sports one and uh again guys good luck tonight watch that fun belt game we got some al and nlcs action and uh good luck and good hunting take care guys This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.